I have no idea how to start the show then, because that's how we normally start the show. All your shows are amazing with the music. Yeah, everybody, that's what it is. Nothing at all? You can't hum anything or something like that? Humming, I could hum, but it's... Uh, is there a traditional song or something? I don't know. Traditional? Not really, no. <laughs> Mo, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me, man. Thanks so much for being here and making your way over here. We got a, a, a couple of spectators here just chicken out, and uh, I guess, yeah, the studio would be photogenic, so we can actually just shoot things, and people don't necessarily see the behind the scenes as much as seeing what's going on on camera, right? So, no, most definitely. The creative no. director, Yusuf, is here, and yeah. the scene, man. we got Omar. <laughs> what's Omar's title? Omar is an architect. He's actually doing his master's right now. Oh, wow. Well, good for you, man. All right. So how many job sites have you been on? <laughs> He's been on many. No, you're not on the mic unless you want to get on the mic. We got other mics you can jump on if you want, man. But no. Uh, my first question is uh, why MS7? What's MS7. So a little bit about the name of the company. MS stands for the initials of my name, Mohammed Salahaddin. Okay. The seven was on all my jerseys in high school throughout. So like my basketball, volleyball soccer all the jerseys i carried the seven throughout my company and it's in the company now that's what it is right it's so lucky number seven let me share the detail most here from ms uh, ms7 construction uh triple w ms7 construction.com and you can reach them on email it's uh info at ms7 construction.com and on ig obviously it's ms7 construction and it's the number seven not the word seven and you've been in business now for seven years for seven years that's just ironic yeah wow. that's just how what's going to happen you're not going to change the name Next it's year, gonna are say, you? No, it's MS8. MS8? No, MS8 no, no. Nine. It's going to say the MS7. <laughs> so you're a general contractor, builder. Where do you want to begin, man? Why did you choose construction or did construction choose you? To be completely honest, I didn't choose construction. It chose me. How, what happened is when I started in the trades, I worked for my father and my uncle. Growing up, I never knew I'm going to be on the field and being a general contractor, a builder, after the years of experience over I started in stucco, being on the site when I was 15, 14, going up and down the scaffolds, taking the trowels, taking all the material, the tools up in the scaffold because I was a young, they say the young buck on the site. Yeah, so yeah. I was taking it up and ever since doing stucco, it just stuck by me. I liked the exterior work and seeing the beginning of the project to the completion of the end and the face of the client at the end. I just love the, like, the process. Is there more bad stucco? going on than good stucco because i've seen bad and i appreciate good 100 percent. so i'm just assuming that there's quite a bit of bad stucco out there right? there is bad stucco yes <laughs> so you learned your le let me i forgot one little shout out i'm wearing uh doll uh, doll valves t-shirt so thanks so much thomas for sending the tea even angelina got one as well too so but uh it's actually a nice fitted shirt so doll thank you very much thomas uh okay so now let's get back on track here now um why did you want to be a builder? Why are you going from stuccoing to building now? So I went from starting on the exterior of the home, and we specialize in all exterior finishes, stucco, stone, interlock, landscaping. So you just focus all the exterior stuff? I started off in the exterior, and to start off in the exterior of the home, it's only summertime, and it's through seasons when it comes to winter. Yeah. What are we doing in the winter? I'm like, I want to get inside the home. So after the years of working for my father and uncle on the stucco, I started working with my other uncle from Casablanca Kitchen. Shout out to Casablanca Kitchens. Yeah. He taught me the trades of installation of how to install and fabricate the cabinets in the shop before it goes into the into the client's home. So I was working in the kitchen industry as well. And then a little bit after a couple of years of the kitchen, I got the experience. I'm like, how does a kitchen come in? But the floors come before the kitchen. So I need to learn a bit about the floors. I went from the kitchen installation to learning about the floors, working in hardwood, laminate vinyl installation. And then I'm like, I want to learn tiling. That's where the heavy, 
the yeah a lot of the labor work on. Did you find that a lot of people, because you were probably doing what I was doing, asking a lot of questions like, how do I get the to the next step, right? One hundred percent. Did you find there was a lot of people that were more than willing to offer their advice? I'll be completely honest with you. That's what I want. I want honesty. a lot of people were not like they, they didn't, didn't want to share. It. They were they were concerned that you're going to take business away from them. They were concerned. I felt it like even being the youngest on the like site. Sometimes I am half the age of some of my uncles. They're yeah. in the 40s, 50s. But and you're getting started and you're going and you're asking a lot of questions when the older generation didn't ask a lot of questions. They were given the opportunities, then they stepped up and they did a good job and then they moved on to the next one. But you are figuring out the future. And you wanted to ask questions. Exactly. So me asking the questions, I felt sometimes it got intimidated because I always wanted to learn more every time I'm on the site. It's like I ask more questions than like, hey, why are we doing this this way? Or why are we, why do you need Which this tool this time? Yeah, typical stuff that 100%. you should be doing, right? Most definitely. So what was the kind of, like, what would they do? They just look at you and, and just like. They'll be like, why do you want to know what, why do you want to know this? For what reason? And after asking many questions, I kind of felt like, Okay, they don't want to teach me, so I'm going to learn to teach myself, and I will learn from their mistakes, and I'm going to take the experience that I have with them and obviously tweak it up into myself, and I'm not going to make the same mistakes that they made. Did that make it a greater challenge for you because now you had to kind of start from scratch? It did make it a... It did make it a challenge, but some, somewhat I learned from their, all their experience of their mistakes, so it didn't make it much more of a challenge. It made it more, like, I don't want to make the same mistake twice that they made, so I'm going to learn from their mistakes and not make it in my company. So how did you, Mo, because you knew that eventually you were getting to the point that you had to be a people person, right? It didn't matter if you were dealing with clients or if you're dealing with subtrades or you're dealing with suppliers, whatever, you had to communicate. How did you hone those skills? How did you start understanding communication and construction? So in communication, a um, little bit going back into the trades, how I started working for my father, I went from doing the trades with my father and uncle, and I wanted to continuously learn and grow. So in the last, I believe, five, six years ago, I had working with the team of 10 to 12 individuals going door to door, learning sales of HVAC. So I work with Simply Smart Home. We had a team of selling a team of smart home salesmen, so going door to door selling Nest, Google thermostats, the smart home packages. Just door knocking, huh? Door knocking. Um, a lot of rejections. A lot of those no's that turned them into a yes, yes. Because <coughs> I mean, I've done that before. It's discur- like like you just get frustrated, man. Some day, some days you get frustrated. and You just want to drop the bag and go home. And so call what it motivated day. you to keep going? If like. You're pleasant, you're being professional, you're trying to be nice, you're trying to offer a good product, good service, and it's like, no, get out. To be completely honest, what motivated me is just self-within. It's like every time that person that shut the door on me and said no, it just motivated and sparked the fire to go and get it more. It's like you want to turn that no into a yes. Why are you paying for a subscription when you can receive a product and get that subscription for free? Yeah, that's true. So you were just focusing on the benefits of what you were selling. I was focusing on the benefits. And you were taking that to construction as well? like your So I acquired the skills of communication with clients from all different ethnicities, all different ages, and then I applied it to my company currently. Interesting. So when you finally opened up M- MS7, did you come up with your floor plan, like your idea of how this is my company, this is what my company stands for, this is what my company is going to represent? Did you come up with all these, like you asked yourself hard questions? So before I came up with the company, I sat down with my creative director, Yusuf, which is off, he's off camera. Yeah. Inside. We sat down and we made a game, like a business plan, and we stuck to it. And since then, every day from the 
from the moment in the last two years right now, we tweaked up a little bit and we're going to have more and more content coming out for all of our followers. as well. So coming up with that list, when you guys sat down, it's always easy to start that list, but it's harder to continue that list. So it's easy to come up with the first 10 items, right? This is what we're going to do. This is what we learned from construction, what we see in construction. But then how many items did you throw on that list and how far, how extensive did you get into that list? That list grew every day. Like there was a, the list kept going. So we threw the, the list. To be honest, like starting off, you're going to have the list. It's going to be long, but you're not going to tackle every one of them because the hardest part of starting the business is in the beginning, the first year. You're not going to hit all your goals, but you're going to have them on. Like, sorry, Manny. I'm no, no, so no. sorry. I'm off topic. Can no, you no, just you're not off topic, the, dude. You're not. Can you totally. repeat the question again? No, I'm so it's sorry. like I, I, I've done that. I've done that list thing before, right? Where it's like it's really easy to come up with the first few items that are right in front of your face, right? So you're trying to start a business and you're trying to figure out what your brand identity is going to be. So it's easy to come up with that first dozen. And the thing is, there's more than a dozen. 100%. How do you continue that list? How do you continue feeding what you want to build? So how you continue feeding what you want to build is obviously you're going through the list and some items that you see that aren't on the list, you add them. And as you go along, let's say you're missing a journeyman or you're missing somebody like uh, you need to fill in the space. You've got to fill it through like going through the list. I got it. No, but I mean, like, it's the same. Like, how do you guys keep on going? to um like i mean that's how you problem solve your problem like it, it's almost like you got to be truthful with yourself it's like you look at yourself in the mirror and you go here's what's really wrong with my business and i gotta confront it and tell myself listen you suck at the paperwork of the business you suck at the marketing of the business you're great at swinging the hammer but i want a team that's going to be swinging the hammer so it's like how did you confront yourself that way going back to that list now yeah. so how i actually confronted myself is i wasn't an expert in everything so let's say i needed an expert in doing the floors i yeah. can't be doing the floors always so yeah. i'm gonna get some trade that's gonna specialize in the master in that floors the kitchen company that specializes in the cabinets they're gonna do it if i need to get my hands dirty and drop the bag then i gotta do it but yusuf is a creative director that takes care of all the lists and all the organization of the sites as well at the same time, managing the list going forth. If I'm missing anything, he tweaks it. He's always with me on all of our sites. So how did you how did you come up with? Okay, this is this is what I did when I got started, right? Which made me a lot of friends. And I'm saying that. <laughs> no, 100%. I questioned. I questioned why things were done poorly, which just pissed people off, right? It just upset them because their go-to was, "This is how construction works." This is how it's always been. So you question it, you bring it up, and didn't you find it? Because I'm assuming that you've, you're doing the same thing. You've come down that same road. Didn't you find it very frustrating that you're trying to build a solid brand, you're trying to build a positive image around construction, and you're trying to provide a really good service and product for your clientele? But then you got to fight your clients regarding budgets and numbers, and, and all of a sudden it becomes like they try to whittle you down where you're trying to build them up. 100%. That's where we kind of, we filter out the clientele. If we can't take care of that project and if it doesn't work within the budget of the project and we see that it's going to partake, it's going to cost a little bit more, we don't like to be that company that's going to take on that project and obviously in the middle of the project charge a client a little bit of an extra. Yeah. We're not that company that likes to say, hey, this is an extra that we've noted and it's in the middle of the project. We're not, I don't like to take on clients. What are some of the things that clients would say or do that would make you think, oh, something going on here. 
Like they're going to start to attack my budget. They're going to start to. Some of the things that we hear from clients, if they, like you said, if they would do say, oh, I thought that was included. I'm going to say, well, you can go and refer back to the contract. It says in the notes that it's not stated that that's included. So that's an additional fee. We'll pull up the work change order and you have to sign over here. Are the clients testing you as a GC? Are they challenging you to try to reduce the, I mean, I, I was just having this conversation with somebody where I was like telling all the trades that are at the beginning, I'm envious of you guys because you guys all get paid. Yep. Like that's when the job, you, you can't start framing until the foundation is done. You can't start framing until the pay, you pay the foundation and framing, roofing, exterior cladding, all that stuff gets paid in full and it's done. But then if there's hiccups as a GC, all those hiccups are brought up at the very end again by the client saying, well, you remember there was a delay for this and there was a delay for that. Well, we want a discount for this and we want a discount for that. How do you communicate? Because I, I want to go back to communicating with the clients. How do you communicate with your clients when those situations come up? So when, do, when hiccups do arise, we tell them like, okay, so if this is going to take additional time or if you want to change the material within, it's going to add extra time to your project. If you're okay with that, then we'll proceed. If you're not, then we're going to have to work around it. And if you can't do it that way, then we're not going to use that extra, like the change of the material. What if the client's just like, I'm not paying. I don't want to pay, but I want it. If you don't want to pay some that it's happened one time and I've it's actually, construction. it is construction. I want to, our, our company and our brand stands behind the, the project and the work that's completed. So I want the job to be completed to absolute best and the fullest. I would say, Hey, it's an additional thousand dollars. I never done this before and I've done it one time with one client and this was in the beginning and I've going forth. I never did it again. I'm like, I would like for this job to be completed very nicely. I'll take 50% of the cost. I'll take the hit and you pay the remaining 50. We'll get it done. It'll make it look nicer. And your home's going to be with our brand and your home is a showroom. And they were fine with that? They were fine with that. So that's the only time that you discounted extensive work that was not part of the original scope? It happened in the, the first project when I started in construction, my first kitchen project back in 2016. Okay. When I did that, the client said hey these aren't the floors i picked i'm like okay so this is this is the tile the two by one porcelain that you picked yeah. if you don't want them we can change them but it's going to add additional time and she's like i don't want to i don't want the additional time to my project i'm i want to move in i'm like you have to understand that it's extra time or it's going to have an extra cost and if you don't understand that then I can't change that. I'm sorry, man. You're lucky, Mo, because I think every GC I've ever spoken with, including myself, right? Because I talk myself, right? Yes. Um, we've always given clients freebies without any kind of hesitation. Like, we'll just do things and we'll get them done and we don't even bring it up. We Everybody has their dollar value in their head. Uh, generally, it's around the $1,000 mark that if this this little detail that needs to be done is under a thousand bucks. Most GCs will just eat it, we'll get it done to keep the job moving forward. Do I agree with it? Hell no. I don't agree with it because it's still work that's being performed and it's still a service and a product that's being given to the client and the client is the one that should pay for it. They're not just going to benefit from it. Right. So it's like, it's, it's hard to hear that you're saying that you've only experienced it once. And, it, and then you actually, the trade-off was you got 50% for it because I think the majority of the guys I've spoken to, they constantly are doing that. If it's over the thousand mark, like you did say, yeah. Manny, we do. Then it's a conversation. It, yes, it's a then conversation. It's a paperwork conversation. If it's under the thousand, we don't need, like, like you said, yeah. we, we kind of take the partake. Like we, we would take the, if it's self-leveling or if it's something that yeah. we need to, we're not going to tell the customer, oh, it's an additional this much. But So is your perspective on construction 
has it gotten better or worse in the last seven years? From the time that you walked in and you started asking all these questions, did it become what you thought it was? In the beginning, it wasn't. And over the years of experience, it has. So it's fulfilled your expectations? It's fulfilled my expectations. Okay. Like I could walk into a site now and I could tell the client if anything, like from the beginning of the project to the end, the completion of your bathroom, kitchen, or your basement, what needs to be completed. And if you need the suggestions, I can give you the suggestions that you need. Did you come across or cross paths with any of the people that wouldn't help you? Like, I mean... To be completely honest yeah. with you, I did. I called them back to the site and to work with me. So you, so you hired them as subs? Exactly. And then how do they respond? The same respect that they gave me when I was on their site is the same respect that they received. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So it was basically a job for them and, and they came in and that's it. But they also were looking at you a little differently now, right? They knew that we bust up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So they, okay, so then they realized that there's probably workflow coming from you now. So I should be considering working alongside Mo instead of... Working as a competition. Yeah, exactly, right? right. So so how many employees you got going on right now? We have a team of almost 25, 30 sub-trades. Okay, so you mostly sub-trades. We have sub-trades and in-house. So we do in-house, we do all our framing, our rough carpentry, our finished carpentry, tiles in-house, kitchens, master. We have all our electrical plumbing is sub-traded out. Yeah. And the kitchens are all sub-traded. Which kitchen? You still using Casa? Or? We use Casa Blanca. Okay, yes. all right. Are they? Good? I've never used them. Are they good? Or Casa is a very good company. I would highly recommend them. Okay. Why do you like them? To be completely honest with you, how I started in the trades when I told you I worked for my uncle. Yeah. It was uh, my uncle John from Casa, so I, he taught me the trade of learning how to install the kitchen cabinets and how the fabrication of all the cabinets in the showroom in the shop was completed, and then to bring it to the job site. And after seeing all the job sites completed alongside with them. All the happy clients that we saw their the smile on their face it just i wanted to work alongside with my uncle and matthew how many white shaker kitchens have you installed white shaker kitchens <laughs> holy that's a client that's a fate like that's every client's favorite is the shaker go-to is the oc65 shaker white why i don't know they like the single sh single step shaker or the double step now all right they go adventurous and go double huh they, they're doing the double now I just, I can't even have a conversation with a client like that. It was funny. We did a show with a couple of uh, guys out of Greece, and they're actually rebuilding a house in Greece. Oh, nice. And I asked them what kind of kitchen, and I started preempted it by saying, I hope you guys are not, because they're Canadian. Those are the two brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw and I said, I hope you guys are not doing what Canadians are doing, right? You're not doing White Shaker. And he goes, yeah, we're actually doing White. And they're in doing Greece. White Shaker in Greece, man, wow. on an island. And I just, uh, I just freaked out, right? But... <laughs> That's crazy because... So you deal with the clients all the time asking for white shaker. I typically try to take them away from the white shaker, but they do like to go with the white what shaker. What would you suggest other than white shaker? The last couple kitchens we completed is called a grayish. It's like a gray beige. <laughs> it's like white shaker's brother. It's the <laughs> sister brother to the white yeah, shaker. <laughs> but okay, do they get adventurous with the stone? Or is it also you starting to, to go... To be completely honest with you, I'm trying to stay away from the stone now and push but clients. they have to match like they have to do something and there's some porcelain finishes that do match with the st like with the stone finish some porcelains do but it's always a white like it's a white with the gray veins it's not typical yes <laughs> you know what man. <laughs> i just uh i just i don't know i wish clients would be a little more adventurous like it just doesn't make any sense i know that they want to just make it sellable i guess so if they ever do decide to... The resale value. Yeah, the resale like value. So everyone will choose White Shaker, and that's the reason for it. But 
Is it rose gold knobs or like are we getting a little adventures there? They sell with the rose gold. Some of them go with the black handles or with the typical steel. Stainless steel sink? Stainless steel, stainless steel sink. Well, we do like to suggest sometimes a farm, like with the farm sink. Yeah, an apron. Yeah. yeah. Aprons are nice, but they do go with the stainless steel sink. It's funny. I haven't had like an in-depth conversation, not as much as you because you're building a lot more, but... I haven't really sat down and thought about kitchen styles. And, and then I always kind of refer back to what I would personally would want. Right. And there's no white shaker, man. There's no white, nothing. I, I'm more of a, a challenge person. I'm trying to figure out what's really unique and interesting. And it was, I don't know if it was on a show or if it was, my life's a blur right now more like this. Sometimes I have lots of conversations with people either through DMS or through on the show. Right. And I actually, I started talking about how, um, Oh, that's what it was. It was, you follow pasta queen. Pasta Queen, yes. Pasta Queen on uh, TikTok on or TikTok. IG. Yes. Ingredients, right? That kind of thing. And so I liked her because um, she had an opportunity to build her kitchen. And she built it with this brass rail around the whole perimeter of the island. The brass rail, yes. Yeah, and it, that's brilliant. It's I beautiful. Think. It's beautiful. But I have yet to see or have a conversation with a client that actually wants to do that. And their concern, I guess, maybe is that brass rail is going to be a nuisance. And I'm like, it's a functional piece of art that adds a beautiful <laughs> detail and finish to your it's going to be purpose used because when you're cooking see here's the problem is that i've met so many clients and also designers and everybody else salespeople, they don't design kitchens for use they design kitchens for uber yep which i can't stand like i don't care about a photograph i care about a functioning kitchen space kitchen that thing. works so that rail makes a lot of sense to me, right? I can't wait to see the kitchen in your home. Well, I didn't, no, it's just like I want to, I haven't done it. Mine looks like crap. It just, I, but I mean, I would do it a certain way, but it's not going to be white. It's not going to be like, I, I have had ideas about that rail. I've had ideas about islands having feet because it's easier to clean underneath. underneath you can get so it's so fine. You, you get, you know, you lose some storage space on the bottom. I've had a, those kinds of ideas. I've had functioning, uh, like cutting areas like i think cutting wood blocks make a lot of sense i don't want to cut on stone it makes no sense because you're going to be sharpening your utensils forever um i'm i'm huge about i do not believe in upper cabinets in upper cabinets i think upper cabinets are a complete waste of time and money and they serve no purpose and they're for people who don't want to keep things clean and i'm like first of all all your dishes are supposed to be kept clean 100%. so floating shelves should be i was gonna say i love floating shelves floating shelves are the only option for upper cabinets plus it makes your kitchen feel bigger it does because when you're standing at the sink or the stove or the island area, whatever, it, you don't have this wall of cabinetry that's right in your face. That's right. right in your face, 12 inches. But I, and plus, if a guest comes over, they can see the floating. They can see where the coffee cups, the wine glasses are, the shot glasses, the, gla the plate settings. They can see everything. So they don't have to ask you, okay, which cupboard is it? A door which number one, door, door number two, yep. door number three, whatever. You choose, Monty. It doesn't make any sense. So that's why I would never do that. I think cooking areas should be open they shouldn't be like crouching with a bunch of cabinetry right next to it and i definitely think you really have to think about how you want your spice drawer whether you're a horizontal pull-out person or you're a vertical pull-out person so there's all that kind of stuff then you have to think about your larger pans your cooking trays all that like you i keep thinking about functionality and i definitely think that every single fridge freezer should somehow be buried into a wall cavity somehow yep into not a integrated into the cabinetry it should be buried into a wall cavity that you should find somewhere outside of the perimeter of the kitchen but i'm not a kitchen designer guy i just look at it and and if you go to restaurants you sit down and you check out what's going on in the, the back there i'm paying attention to what that 
cooking area is like. Annie, are you sure you've never designed a kitchen? No, I, I just, can tell I, you I, have beautiful I, design I, kitchen. I, I pay attention yes. to functionality behind kitchen. I That's don't give a crap about design. The design, if you if it's functional, it will last decades, man. Most definitely. It Although will. the amount of families that will come into the, the the functionality. That's the key part of the kitchen. So, but you get to. But don't you get frustrated by another shaker, another shaker, another shaker? I don't even want to talk about it. We're working on one in King City right now, and it's a shaker with the kick plate. They want to do the vac. It's beautiful concept. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. But the shaker style, I believe we should step away from it. I think we should just uh, destroy them all. That's it. No more. It's done. It doesn't exist anymore. To be honest, they like the shaker style. We got to keep them. It is not in style, but, but it could. You've done that. Like uh, in my, my my earlier years when I was in construction, I used to just love stopping by fabrication shops. Yeah. And I wasn't there to put an order in. I wasn't there to, to do anything other than to just me walk around to be inspired. And I would start seeing certain stones be done with like, that's where you start learning about leathering. And you start learning about honing. And you start learning about all these little techniques and mitering and all kinds of stuff. And, and you're like going, why are more people doing this? And then you ask them, okay, where's that job going to? And it's being put into a hotel or it's being put into a reception area in exactly. a business. And I'm like, why is it not being put into a home? home. Yep. Like residential homeowners are staying away from that. And that's where we just finished actually a beautiful fireplace up in Stouffville. That's the other church. Yeah. They had, we did the porcelain lathered fireplace with the waterfall on the beautiful. island. It looks beautiful. Like it's a... Napoleon fireplace, 60 inch, and we did the feature wall. And the homeowner was, uh, he was an architect actually. So our client wanted to have the leathered porcelain fireplace around the edge and the border. And it was a beautiful, the miter was beautiful, clean cut, as you said. And then I think homeowner, he designed actually, he's a Cadillac Fairview designer, or sorry, the architect for Cadillac Fairview. So he designed the Fairview Mall and as well as the Vaughn Mills. He's got a few bucks. He's he's got a few bucks, yeah. (laughs) What's his kitchen look like, Shaker? Uh, I don't even want to say it, man. It was a shaker sound kitchen. Yeah, it was a beautiful home, though. So he only has a few bucks. That's all it is. Not but a few bucks. He has a few bucks <laughs> in the savings. No, but it's just it's like an uphill. But you're still learning. Like you still learn from speaking with these people. Are they like older clients much different than younger clients? Because you're getting a lot of younger clients now that are making these decisions. Where it was really funny. There was a transition where my clientele was getting younger than me. I was getting older than them. Understood. Because in the beginning of construction, all my clients were older than me, right? But now it's completely flipped. And then you start paying attention to who these clients are, what they do for a living, and what they can afford. But I I just see that a lot of the younger people, they are staying in their safe zone. Like, I think even worse than the older clients. Nope, they are. But they're they're actually the younger clients are more up to the trends because they're on TikTok and Facebook, Instagram, swiping all day. So they see what's up in, let's say, their kitchen. They want to get, not the shaker style anymore, and they want to go with the moderns, like a nice, beautiful porcelain finish with the tile. Like I'm afraid chemicals. to go on social media and actually just look at one t- uh, shaker style kitchen because then I'll be bombarded with. To be honest, after we leave this podcast, I think we're going to see just shaker style. Well, because they're hearing right they now. Are, exactly, right? Yep, and it, it will happen now. Shit. All our, our news feeds are going to be shaker style kitchens all day. Black black cabinetry, black walnut cabinetry. <laughs> Can I show you a black walnut sure, cabinetry that sure. we just actually give me one second? Did you? You did really? It was done by upper, Casablanca Kitchens. Upper or Up, lower. Upper lower. It's beautiful. I'm gonna send you. I could airdrop it to you if you would. No, like no. To. You want to send it? Yeah, drop it. I'd I'd actually love to put it on the screen. I want to see it. I'm gonna airdrop it right now. 
Listen up, guys. If you love top-line products and are interested in a dealer opportunity, you're going to want to hear this. I recently installed a box gobbler wall insert from MB Sentinel on the garage wall adjacent to my front porch to make a secure locker for my package deliveries. Let me tell you, the user experience is pure freedom. I can now make returns right from my home and I don't even have to be there. Even knowing what it was supposed to do from the get-go, it still made me smile when I experienced my first delivery. If you want to see the scope of work the install requires, you can find the video on my socials. So check them out, mbsentinel.com, or call them directly for dealer details at 1-800-910-4251. And again, that's 1-800-910-4251. To the laptop, correct? Yeah. TCL. Yeah. We haven't went in there with Yusuf yet. This is just in the middle of the project. We have the black cabinetry with the nice blue. What is it? The island and everything? Was, there it is. Ooh. Oh. We have a black uh, shaker. It's thin shaker style with a nice countertop finish done by Casablanca. Beautiful countertop marble. One piece right at the back over there with a beautiful black. So was that hard for you to convince the client to go that route or did the client already, they were on that path? The client was already on the path. See, I like it. And I like the black knobs, the black handles as well too. Just the top left side. Above the stove, you will have the, the doors we're missing for this photo. That's why we haven't posted it Got up. Got it, yeah. What's the stone on the back there? That was a quartz. That's um, a quartz, yes. yeah. A lot of people going with the man-made stuff. I'm, go of, I'm going back to natural. Uh, the natural is it, natural is a nice finish. I a lot like of people like the man-made. It's just more expensive, completely more expensive. It is more expensive. Right. So, but, and, and so that's, that's a casa. Casablanca, that was done That's by Casablanca, there, right? Shut so up. what's the finish on that? That's spray? That was spray. Or is it it's a stain? It's a spray. It's a spray, huh? See that? See, why can't we see more of those kinds of kitchens? I People wish are just too nervous about it being too dark. They are nervous when it's too dark, yeah. They like the OC65. Clients need to understand that there's three colors for every color. Three colors for every color, correct. So you can paint a room or do details in a room, and you got to choose one color, and when I say there's three colors for every color, is that that color is going to look a certain way in the morning sunlight. It's going to look a certain way in the midday. Correct. And it's going to look a certain way at evening. Correct. And that's what you want. And unfortunately, Cloud White or Chantilly Lace or whatever they want to choose, it fucking looks like crap in the morning and it looks like crap in the midday and it looks crap in the evening. 100%. It gives you no mood, no emotion, no nothing. It's just plain. That's, and construction to me is about mood and emotion. It's about connecting with what you walk through. And you, f you need to feel the home wrap around you. And there's a purpose behind every single room. So you can't just create something that just looks great as a photograph. It has to feel great when you're walking through that structure. I'm sure, Mo, you get that. When you're walking through the homes that you completed or the homes that you're working on, there's this, a feeling more than a visual. So the designer we work with, Brenda, BD Interior Design, shout out to Brenda. She actually designs all of our homes. When we walk into the home, the powder room is always going to be the absolute, it's going to be the wow factor. Okay. All of our project. When you walk in, you want to have it different. When you walk in there, the mood's different. What's some of the things that she's done in powder rooms? Powder rooms. Because I agree with you. Powder rooms are a great opportunity to try something. Correct. So some powder rooms, we do um, different finishes. Like we could even add wallpapers to the room to change up the mood and beautiful, like different like finishes like that gold finishes or rose gold finishes some colors that you don't see around throughout the house it's nice A darker colors or what is she she has different mood mood boards so it can go from darker to maybe some of them are warmer 
Your clientele is, I'm just curious, plumbing-wise, are they total people? Are they colder people? Like, what, are they, what kind of fixtures are they going with? Are they going Ryabel? Are they going whatever? Like, Some of the clients, depending on, again, the age, they do, like, the like the cooler stuff, to be honest. But some of them, they like the... Sorry, what was your question, Manny? No, it's just about what fixtures are they leaning towards. I'm just curious about what... I know sometimes you go into plumbing Oh, for plumbing fixtures, Yeah, yes. plumbing fixtures, right? So what are they leaning towards? I always find that a lot of my clients were always either Kohler or, or Total, which kind of dictated where you were going to go regarding other fixtures, right? Because then, then you have to get into the shower area now, right? Correct. And then I was always big on maximizing the shower opportunities right instead of like i never understood a hand shower one single hand shower that doesn't make any sense to me that's gone in the days where a tub toast tester and a hand shower and that was it that makes no sense to me you, you want to have an experience when you're showering and, and and but it also has to work properly as well so your clientele because i know you've done some really interesting bathrooms and, and large-scale kind of showers what are they asking? What are they doing? They like the total finishes or they like the Kohler. We like to suggest them. The, it's completely up to their, like plumbing and electrical. I always leave it to the designer to pick. Brenda always chooses or the client because I can't make the decision what's going to happen in, when you want to shower, what fixture you want to have in your home. So please pick the finish. I'll have it installed in your home. But if you want the suggestion, Brenda is always amazing to pick the finish. For you. Who do you work with when you come up with the fixtures? Do you go to any showrooms that you work with? I have a couple showrooms in the Woodbridge, like, yeah. We go to Cosmorama, we yeah. have Canorama, yeah. we have a few other suppliers out in the east. I haven't been into those ones, but don't, don't they have like working fixtures in certain areas of the showroom so then people can actually see the spray People pattern? can actually see yeah, the spray exactly, pattern in the showroom right? as well. Which is kind of helpful because, I mean, then they can get an idea of how it's all going to work, right? 100%. You can get the feel of the water, you can see how it works. So how's business been for you, Mo? Like, has it been good? Like. You basically got started right before all the craziness that was going on in the world. And then yeah. you're plugging away through that. And now we're out of it. And I will argue with anybody. I don't give a shit. It's all done, right? It's over. Um, how is business now then? Is it still growing for you? Business is still growing. It's Clients been, changing the budget kind of thing? Are clients they, are very, yes, they're hesitant. They are changing. They're trying to, like, some clients are trying to hold back because they don't know what's happening with the economy right yeah. now. But at the same time, business is, it's steady. What are you seeing for kids? So when you're building a house, depending on, I'm assuming most families at the max maybe have two kids, maybe three kids, right? Correct. The accident, yeah. you know, something <laughs> like that, right? So um, what are the kids, what are the parents asking for the kids for their rooms? Because I, I'm always stunned that these homes that you build for these young families, every kid has an ensuite. Every kid has Like I didn't, I, I had four siblings, man. We shared one bathroom. That was just reality. That was exactly my now every scene. kid has an ensuite so yep. they have their own plush bathroom what are these kids asking for from their parents they will they like the shower niche and some like the to be completely honest with the kids they usually don't they leave it up to the parents they leave it up to the parents really yeah? yeah it's like the kids don't make the final decision is up to the mother and father and they leave it up to the parents but some kids they like the colorful faucets and the nice counter like a different bathroom let's say i bet you the kids don't even want white right they don't want they don't white like shaker, the white no they don't want white tile the white shaker the they white want some color they want something to go on right terrazzo maybe on the floor is yeah it? something different Which colorful is really cool it is unique it's like i like different colors in a kid's bathroom as well because it makes it unique it's your ensuite bathroom as you're growing up it's going to be there for the next 10 15 years you getting into the whole home automation world as well too clients are asking for all that that a lot of home automation big ticket six-figure item 
once you start setting up security cameras and then all your speakers and then your systems for, I guess, the basement home theater, the main floor family room, then all of a sudden technology in the kitchen, and then all of a sudden all the kids and their technology going on in their rooms, it adds up fast. It does add up, yeah. A lot of the smart blinds now and a lot of everything adds up, all the smart automation. I never got into, I never got to convince a client to actually do the smart blinds, but we were having a conversation about the battery-powered smart blinds. And I just said, that makes no sense to me. I'm, battery, yep. I'm even annoyed to change the batteries out of a remote, let alone trying to change the batteries out of a automated draper. Automated right? draper, yeah. Run the power, get the power. I over. always tell them get the power one. Yeah, low voltage, right? Just do that then. You, you got to do it during construction. During construction, not, yes. So a bit of you getting clients that are asking for that stuff. There are a lot of clients that are asking for the whole So how do you juggle that when they're already budget conscious and all of a sudden now you got to introduce that? Because for a whole house, what is that going to cost for automatic, you know, window dressings? To be completely honest, it depends on the size of the home. So it can go anywhere from you can start anywhere starting at 5K up to 100 grand or even over the six figures going to the 250 quarters. But they really want it, Mo. When they want it, you got to give it to them. I know, but yeah. the budget's not there for them. They're already spending so much. How do you? How do you? If their budget, them? to be completely honest, I what I tell the client is, if it's not within your budget right now, we could add the cherry on top after. You can give us a call back when we return. We'll, we'll complete it. But it's better to do it currently, cut because we're in the home and we're doing all the renovations better while we're in it. How do you break down your quotes, man? How do you you line by line? How detailed do it's, you get with your clients? It gets detailed. So everything's in section from the demolition, from the beginning of the project management, all the way to the finish. And then you get clients that are questioning? They do question like, oh, can you itemize this, the material, the labor hour? Like we don't. What are some of the sections that they're particularly questioning? They, they finishings? Try, yeah, the finishing. Finishings, eh? They think, oh, it's a well, toilet's like, okay, $300 or $500, $1,000. And then they don't know the cost of, like, let's say all the drain connections, all the hot water, cold water, all the plumbing. That's They think just the finish of the faucet can go up to, let's say, XML. And then they, they don't know the work that's required. That's going to be an additional cost. No, because they just look at everything as a face value, right? So it's just like, I get it. I found this toilet on Wayfair. This is what it costs. Okay, great. So you ship it, you carry it to the second story, Thank third you. story, whatever, and then you connect it. And when you open up the box and it's, there's damage, and then you return it. Then you like, okay, but that's why you're paying this amount to have this unit installed. You're paying a professional to do it. So there's all these additional costs that are associated with it. But you get a little frustrated kind of explaining this. Too. Exactly. Every time you have to explain it, it's just like... Why do I have to explain it if you already know the amount of work? If you know everything, yeah. then you do it yourself. But then you get the nightmare where the homeowners become the GC. Exactly. And then they call you later on. And then we've gone through this circle before. I've had this um, one client one time. I'm like, sir, if you want to micromanage your project, why did you hire us? Like, yeah, honestly, no reason for no it. No reason for me being here. I'm like, thank you for doing my job and making my job easier. I'll just grab us coffee. Because the web is is an evil machine where it's it's convinced the clients that Anybody can do what we're doing. 100%. Not everybody can do what we're doing. It's not easy. Like the, I mean, the amount of stress and the stuff that you deal with on an everyday day-to-day basis as a contractor, GC builder. Yeah. I, I Props to every construction builder, construction entrepreneur, and yourself too. I've seen the amount of work. You have to deal with all the trades. Yeah. Your family when you go back home. And yeah. Shout out to everybody. Yeah, we all have personal lives, and that's the one thing that's always kicked to the curve from clients. They don't realize that you have a personal life. 
They think everybody just, has a personal life. Oh, where are you? Why aren't you on my project? Yeah, 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 yeah like, I know. And it just gets really crazy at that point, right? 100%. So what's the one thing these days that is bugging you, Mo? Like, is there anything that's, uh, I mean, you've gone through quite a bit of construction. To be honest, I don't let nothing bug me. If it bugs me, nothing it's, out at the, all? it's out the window. That's like, as soon as I know that it's bugging me or it's a, like a tick off to my day, I just, I don't even think about it. What if it's something that's critical? It has to be done today and it's not getting done today for whatever reason. If it has to be done today, we get it done today. You just get it done. We'll get it you done. You still hands on? I'm still, if I need to get hands on, I don't get my hands Like now I'm working more on the management of the company and we're overseeing the projects, whereas we're not working in the company. I'm working more outside and looking inside the box. So seven years of MS7, what's the next seven years going to be like? Next seven years, we want to hopefully build an amazing team of sub trades. With we're going to build subdivisions. Our goal is to actually. You want to get into subdivision? I land? want to get into subdivision. Land. Really? Yeah. That's the next. Why? Step. To be honest, that's where my next step is. I know it's scary, but I don't. It's 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 not that it's scary. It's difficult. It's a difficult. Even more so than custom, right? It does get a little bit more challenging. A lot of challenges. I. What's going on? <laughs> it's like. Now we got to start putting bleachers in here. Everyone's making noise. But I, I mean, so that's the plan is to go subdivisions now, right? Hopefully doing subdivisions. Challenging, man. I'm telling you right now. It's just, I don't, I, I, I've never had an interest to go into subdivision just because of the amount of corners that you have to cut just to make your profit margins. So I don't know if you figured out another way to do that, but I really don't know how to that's going to work. I haven't figured that out, Manny, but I like challenges and yeah. I like to take on new challenges. That's the seven-year vision. I mean, good luck to you. Pull it off. And, and I know other people are trying to pull it off as well, too. But it's um, it just it's a, it's a difficult. Like, there's only so many battles you can have, right? You can Most try to butt heads with so many people in this industry. And you can try to change what you can. But, I mean, that uh, for me personally, that's one thing that I was like, I'm giving up on that. I can't I can't push anything on that one, right? And Most of it, no. Yeah, so... So that'll be in seven years. Like within seven years, you'll be getting subdivisions going on. That's the goal. So yes. that's acquiring land. That's like setting up that. That's the lovely world. The land's already ready. Terry on all that crap, exactly. right? So yeah. Dealing with the, all the permits and urban farming and everything. Everything like that, right? So are you seeing any kind of slowdown in construction? There is a lot of slowdown with a lot of the homes that are being built and all, all the clientele as well. Some of the clients, are, they don't, they don't want to build anymore. They're just putting things on hold for now yep. because of the economy. Because of the economy, yeah. So how is that affecting, how are you pivoting? How are you changing your business based on that? How I'm changing is, um, uh, to be completely honest with you, all our relationships with our suppliers are getting, it's it's already close, but we're closer. Like if I ever need access to any material at, let's say, midnight, go to one of the warehouses. We have over a thousand bathtubs, toilets, whatever we need. Just open up the Home Depot and we're in. It's not, it's not Home Depot. No, no, but yeah. basically that's the relationship exactly. you have. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, that's benefiting them because they're moving product, right? Most definitely. And we're building closer relationships with all our suppliers as well as with our clients if they need to get it done at a certain... Did you ever speak to the suppliers about these price increases are a joke and they're coming too rapidly? They're coming way too rapidly. Every time we speak, like, it just, when you... What was their justification? Another... Container, China? Yep, container, China. Exactly. And then when you bring it up, another price increase comes up. Is it not just profitability? I mean, these are companies, most of them are publicly traded, so you could actually see what their profit margins are. So in my eyes, what I've seen is profit. It's for sure profitability. That's all I've seen is like you're taking advantage of a situation and then you're just making more money. 
Most definitely. No, you're right. 100% that's what it is. I mean, they've, they've taken a hit too. Like they've had to pay more for raw material to create whatever product they're, they're creating. But they're also making a lot of more profit. And I mean, the first thing that happened was a lot of the stuff that wasn't moving was getting sold because that was offered. Like that was available. So clients were ended up increasing their budget. But it was a, it was a double edge because now they came back at you and going, listen, we were only going to spend 10000 on a bathtub. Now we spent 15000 So now we have to somehow find 5000 in the budget in somewhere. So where can we find 5000 in the budget somewhere? And I'm like, I have no idea, but I can make this budget 5000 heavier. 100% no. <laughs> and if you don't have the budget ready, we can't do the project until you have it ready, man. But that's, that's the constant communication that you have with these clients over and over where they're not educated. I, I, I joked about it on the show. There should be a course. I think clients should take a course before construction course. I know you're like, I'm looking at Yusuf because we're working on that right now. I know, but look, so many people have talked about this, that they should be educated first, a handbook, and then they should take like a test. You shouldn't have your, to be honest, to pick the right contractor, you should be educated. And to be the right client, you should actually go and take the course we're working on right now. That's why I looked over to Yusuf. Whenever but you're doing that to vet your clients, so then you're not going to waste their time. They're not going to waste not your time. They're not going to waste our time as well. Yep. Yeah, which just helps your business. 100%. And I, what I've been learning from a lot of people that have been on the show and me talking through social media is that all the good companies that are growing well and they're doing very well, they are doing more research into understanding their clients and trying to communicate directly with their clients about yes or no to pull the trigger whether they're ready for this or not. And if they're not, then you have to tell them the truth. I'm sorry. 100%. Not this year. We're not the bad guy, but we got to break it no. to them. Hey, you got to just not this year, hold it off till next year. And when you're ready, the time comes and we're going to be there and we'll, we'll get it done. Maybe the budget might have to, the prices of the container costs, it may go up again, but we are going to be there. We're still, we're not going anywhere. You're going to be in our schedule. I think if you rallied all the tradespeople in Canada, we could probably make far cheaper containers to be used most definitely no for sure you were right yep <laughs> manny get on the call right now and let's get all of them ready but that'll never happen man the day it happens it makes it cheaper for us for all their supplies and it helps the clients for their budgeting for the client project completion so what's your it was sorry your dad and your uncle were doing the stucco yes so, so are they still doing stucco they still do the exterior stucco finish okay and they never wanted to get into building they didn't want to know they just like that one trade and they were focused on doing that one trade that's completely what they're up to yeah that's that was so i just saw that if there is stucco and then i could learn from other uncles in the trades and then i'm like let me do it myself and i don't need to work under my father or work under my uncle. I could work for myself and we can work all together. We have 20 plus years of experience in stucco and exterior finishes in kitchens and flooring. So I'm like, let me just apply it to myself. Let me rebrand the company. And I was good at marketing and I applied it to my company. They're happy with what you built? Are they looking at you and, and going, okay, that's... They're, they're proud of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they figured out... Were they hesitant at first? Were they thinking... They were. They didn't believe me. Why don't you just get stay in Stucco, man? Stucco, we've got it. We own it. We're like, we, we have a good business. They were trying to say, stay in the company and we can grow together and you could take over the company after. But I didn't want to always stay with the family because I wanted to grow outgrow myself and I wanted to take the extra step for my little brothers. I have three little brothers. Yeah. So I never had a mentor growing up, and I'd like to be a mentor to them. Yeah. See, that's nice. So they, that's why they're probably really proud of you now because of what you built off of what they, they're doing, but what you thought, what you saw. Exactly. You totally saw what you were building, right? But now what's their plan to, I mean, are they passing it on to somebody else, or are they just going to, when they finish doing it, they're done? 
So when they finish doing it, I want my the youngest, the 12-year-old brother, to take over that because the two middle brothers, my little brothers that are younger than me, 18 and 15, are both barbers. They have their own uh, studios up in Thornhill and one in Aurora. A different kind of construction. They're in a different type of construction. <laughs> they they master in the finishing of the hair. Exactly. There's yep. a lot of tapering going on there. There's a lot of skill set going on there. A lot of taping to finish the fade. <laughs> the fade. Well, it's good for you, man. So it's just... Um, I, I like hearing stories like that, right? I, li- I like seeing that you saw the potential to get into the industry and change the industry to make it better, right? I like Correct. hearing all that kind of stuff, right? But you could have easily have just gone the I'm going to be a crappy builder route. I could have. I could have been that creepy. And made a lot more money, maybe. We could have saved maybe. money and made more money. But, Save, exactly. But it's not always. The more, to be completely honest with you, is I don't like to take shortcuts, and I've learned from all the mistakes and shortcuts that we've done in the past and it does catch up to you overall in the company and i don't want to take no shortcuts in our company good for you man sound by that thank you very much so all right what else you want to share <laughs> what else is left i don't know you want to ask yusuf what he wants to share it's yusuf, like is there anything else that i should share Omar? what's your background i was born in istanbul turkey okay i'm half Turkish and half uh, my family's from Iraq. I don't say uh, we're originally from Iraq. We're Turkmen, but I was born in Istanbul. Istanbul, but your fa- your mom and dad are from Iraq. Iraq, from Turkey, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then they immigrated to Canada when they immigrated in ninety five. I was born in ninety four in Istanbul. All right, good. For you. Yes. Uh, one place that I definitely want to visit one day. Hopefully, one day. Whenever you go, and let would, me know. I would love to go there one day, and not to get hair treatments. Like if you ever need that too, our cousin might have two cousins that are doctors. No, and I bring it up because a friend of mine did. He went there and he got the teeth and he got the hair. He did the. And I said, dude, I can't even look at you because I could see your teeth from across the street. All right, he goes, I got the Hollywood package, man. I was like, come on, man. He got the abs too. I'm assuming. No, he didn't get the abs. Okay, but he said he had a blaster and he went there and he was. uh, I can't remember. Like six days for the teeth. Yep. And then it was three days for the hair, and I'm like going. When you go there, let me know. I'm going to suggest you some restaurants, some nice places to go No, see. that's what I want to know about. I want coffee and I want restaurants. That's and what I want. Whenever you do go, our, our home is open to you oh, as well. Oh, I totally would reach out to you, man. Also, as, that was on my list before the pandemic. I, I truly wanted to go there Make now, sure Istanbul's right? a stop. No, I, bucket list. I know that I would love it. I know I, I just, from what I've read about it and what I've seen about it and the people that I've met here about it, I was like, I know I'm going to love this place. It's just going to be hard to leave, right? So yeah, it's good to hear there. that that's where you're from. Yeah. Thank you very much, no, yourself you're por- i'm portuguese, portuguese. you guys yeah. have me but i mean via root france but the french government doesn't recognize me even though i was born there they don't recognize me but the portuguese government recognizes you were born me. in france i was born in france but nice. my family's portuguese but i've got a portuguese passport but the nice. french government wouldn't give me a french passport oh shoot so it was just a ridiculous how their paperwork and how it all works and i just said yeah you guys are just keeping up the stereotype so kiss my ass and i walked away and i went to portugal and i got that paperwork there amazing right? either way i want to start i want to be part of the eu right that's all i care 100 so yep. right and so when did you come to canada yourself 78 79 78, right so i was a little kid that then right so way before way before that we came and we came from yeah from portugal to montreal to into the country hey right? we came to montreal too from yeah. Istanbul well to that's montreal. the starting that's point yep, right exactly. so and then it's either you get involved in the the mafia <laughs> exactly you get caught up with the wrong pe- yep <laughs> or you mafia. avoid that uh, that channel and you kind of become legitimate right and 100%. start working and a lot of people at that time and like no different than your time and your parents come in here they get into construction 
Most of right. Them, yeah. So it's just because they can they can do it, first of all. And and I have a lot of respect for anybody that works in construction in Europe and, and even those other parts of the country, even in, in Turkey and stuff like that. There's hard workers there. Most of no, it's just because hard work is what drives that economy. Right. One hundred percent. And there actually there's more hard workers in Portugal and Turkey in the yeah. European side than there. In my opinion, all the like skilled laborers coming into the country, they're taking over. People are getting lazy now, man. Like a lot of the young like. It's not all of them. I wouldn't say all of them, but it's just, it's like you, you just, I don't think the hard work was there. I don't think, I think people want things faster, sooner. They want it easier and they just want to not get spoon fed, but. I think social media to a lot of the younger generation is almost like a lot. I knew a lot of guys at my age when we were younger in our twenties, how we, everybody thought. I never bought lottery tickets. I'm not a lottery ticket. I don't get myself. When, when I started reading stats where you'll get hit by lightning or bit by a shark, which are two things that are most likely the lightning might hit me, yep. but I'm not a huge fan of the water because of the sharks, right? I'm afraid of the sharks, right? And whenever I see certain videos, people send me guys in a kayak and a great white comes along and oh, takes sure. a chomp. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't like sharks, right? Exactly, yep. So if those two things can happen more likely than me winning the lottery, then there's no sense in me playing lottery so i think that social media today is equivalent to my generation at that age later on or past scratching and trying to figure out if they're going to win and everybody thought they were going to win yep and i think social media now is everybody's playing that game thinking that they're going to win they hear all these stories about they're making so much money from doing content and sharing this and sharing that and then you're going to be the next influencer and all this other crap and i'm like you're one of millions and there's one or two of you that actually hit pay dirt at that point so it's like most likely you're not going to be but i'm not trying to deter them nope 100 but then they think that's their job over swinging a hammer using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common especially among the young folks because it improves efficiency prevents mistakes and overall makes our lives as contractors easier this is why we partnered with connect team a platform built to manage train and communicate with your team Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. 100%. Which you can make a good living swinging a hammer. That's what people, they like to work. They think they're working smart, but they're working backwards kind of and working harder because they're trying to be that next celebrity on TV or be that same guy on TikTok. Like the How do you YouTuber. educate, Mo? How do you educate the generation? And I'm not just saying the younger. How do you educate my generation, that generation, any generation, that hard work is valuable? How do you educate them? That? How you you guys got a book going on for that one? Well, to be honest, we're working on something. It's not a book right now, but I'm working on, like, it's not like a, I wouldn't say a book. We're working on something currently. Like, it's like how it got started. Like, anything is possible. I grew up in Rexo and seven, 17 years, I'm in Grove and Westway. It was the same not thing. Not the safest and not easiest safest. neighborhood in town for people that are not from Toronto, yeah. 100%, yep. And if you were basically in that area, it's either you got caught up in the wrong people at the wrong time. Or you have to move your family out and have be the be the man of the family and put your family on your back. So I had to take the extra step and take my family out and we and moved to Richmond Hill. That's now. hard work, right? To get 100%. that out of there, right? Yeah, it wasn't easy at all. No, it's because I grew up in a time where either half my basketball team is either dead or in jail. I'll be honest with you. It's, it was it's, tough times. It's a sad reality, man. It is no, and God bless. Like every every day, we're thankful of what we do on and off the site. 
we are thankful of all of our clients. We're thankful of all our sub trades and all the families that are behind the front, like all our all of our they're supportive. Yeah, the support. Yeah, they're very very supportive, right? Hundred percent. How are you finding all the uh, the building administrative side of the whole thing, dealing with inspectors and permit process and can the city streamline these things? Can the city help us a lot better? Like if they sped up the process a little bit, that's how they could help us. But I know their backlog too. There's a lot of well, permits. there's shortage of employees and all kinds of stuff. But also, I think there's shortage of, of common sense. Like if, if things aren't filled out correctly, then they just take your put application, it back on put it back on the yeah. back of the list. Yep. It's like why just contact the person? But then they yeah, like you said. Could you imagine building a house like that, Mo? If you did that, something so, comes up. You just ignore it and put it somewhere else, and we don't move forward on that stage. It's just delaying a couple of months, I guess. Yeah, you won't make it work. It won't move won't. forward. So why isn't the city just paying attention to? I wish they had more workforce and they had more people paying more attention to that. But there's also a lot of, um, like I find when you're submitting permits and you're submitting drawings and things like that, everything's custom. There's no one-off. I don't think there's like... A, ever been a duplicate of the same house ever submitted to a city or whatever city exactly. it is so it's just like why why can't we just get a better understanding I, I i'm i'm assuming here that most people that work in the planning building departments of any municipal city they can just spend a little bit more time thinking about what's drawn here because it may not be exactly perfect but also what's funny is that when the drawings are issued because they're never approved that's what an inspector taught issue, me. Yep. They're always issued. They're never approved, right? Because they And they do that on purpose because they may miss something. So if they're already missing something that's already being stamped and ready for construction, then why can't you already see a drawing that's pretty much 90% there and sign off on it? And then during the process of building, we can have this discussion. But at least we get the ball rolling. It gets out of the gate and work starts, right? Which is what you want. You want work to start. We want the work to start at the earliest Date. listen i'll be honest man i started work without the permits and so it was always a conversation with a client going listen we might get pinched but i have a schedule i have sub trades i got people that are counting on things getting started so i'm like i'll pull the trigger and i'll deal with that when the time comes if it comes, comes up if yep. someone calls and the inspector comes and all of a sudden they divorce your permit i was like it's in the process We've had well we got to shut you down i'm like okay fine we'll shut you down but you're willing to take that risk right yeah you take yep. because you you want to keep the workflow going you can't delay the project right because i and especially if you have certain trades that are like they they got your back 100 percent. like what you did and what everybody does is that you start finding your team your crew right yep. the all-star team I call exactly yep. and that's that's the one that you want to go to so when you speak to them about a project coming down the pipe and you're going listen here's a start date and in the back of your head you're like we don't even have a permit yet and i'm giving out a start date I'm like, but I don't want to lose him because he just told me that if I don't start this date, then I lose him for four months and I can't do that because I need him. Speaking of this topic, we just, one of our projects currently we had to put on hold for four months, actually, just because of this. That same, same reason. Same reason, exactly. Because you know, as a GC, if you don't have that trade, that particular trade. It could screw your project up 100%. Yeah. And you have, they have a timeline and they have schedules too. So you have them booked for that certain week or X amount of weeks for that project. And now they have to go back and rechange their whole entire schedule to push you back another four months and to rebook clients that they push back for us because of the reason yeah. that. So you, you know what, like at that point, you're, you can tell what the future is going to happen, right? Like you, you, if you don't get it, so then you just take the risk of 
Let's just get started. We have to. We get busted. We get busted. Hundred percent. Yeah. I've never gone. Uh, wait a minute. Let me think here. Yes, I did one time. Shit. But we got a little like a slap on the wrist. Slap right. on the wrist. That was it, right? Yeah. But I mean, it was fine. And, and I think I got the slap on the wrist because I was respectful of it, right? I kind of just explained the situation and just told them. And I think they understood that yeah, and, they, they, and they respect. And they go, listen, just stop it for now. And lo- we lucky. The next week it showed up. Oh, wow. And I Amazing. was like, okay, cool. Because I was in talks with the building p- department. And I was like, okay, where's it now? Where's it now? I was literally visualizing this permit floating around through the building department, trying to get all the stamps attached to it and trying to visualize it getting it out of the gate, right? And then with the digital age now, you can literally, as soon as it gets uh, issued, issued you, get the- you get the email. Yep, That's it. It's done, right? I don't care about it not being printed and put on the window or whatever. I care about it being digitally there and I'm having it in my hand, right? Today, right before I came to the podcast, our client legit just told me before this like, they podcast. They just got it. No, they're like, can you just start the framing before the permit's issued? I'm like, Mister sir, we're not going to start no framing until the permit's issued. I cannot. Uh, well, I can. Typically, I shouldn't, but I can. But to see, the problem is, okay, it depends on you applying for the permit or the client's applying for the permit. My engineer is applying for the permit. Okay, so they would get the slap on the wrist. Yep. Or they would get the fine. Exactly. Nobody wants that fine, right? You don't want it. Yeah. I've had jobs before. I did a job before where the client just got out of hand, like ridiculously out of hand, to the point where I had to transfer uh, the the labor sheet. Wow. I said, I'm not taking the responsibility because you're not listening to a lot of things that need to be done for oh, yeah. safety. For safety yeah. So I said... I'm transferring this and I filled out the form and I brought it in the next day and he just looked at me and I'm like, we've discussed this and, and, and I'm not taking this responsibility. So here's the form. I filled it out and I'm handing it to you now. And if you don't sign it, then, and something happens right now, my name and my company is attached to this current one, but I'm going to explain to the MOL agent. I go, listen, I've already addressed this and I brought it to, and then he did eventually sign it. And I'm like, and and it was a huge weight off my shoulders because I had a feeling because he was just like, push, 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 get it done. And I'm like, no, you're, you're stepping on safety. Now you're stepping on certain things. And last thing anybody on a job site wants is an accident. A hundred percent. Right. They don't want anything, let alone a death. Right. So it's like, you you don't want that. So it's like, listen, I was getting a bad vibe and I'm like, I went home and I filled out the form and I brought it in the next day and I'm going, here you go. The best thing is like getting the liability off your shoulders and passing it to the yes. So it's not within yourself or within your company. It's passed down. And if you sign here, you're giving us the life. Okay, it's on you a now. Of, and we're a lot of young it. guys are just like, okay, I'll fill it out. I'll do this. And a lot of young guys have reached out to me and they're like, how do we fill out a permit? And I'm like, why are you filling it out? A hundred percent. You should have uh, yeah. You know, be careful with this shit. And also remember also like you're just a consultant. Like you're supervising this job. You're just overlooking. And yeah. So don't you, over yeah, you don't want to be in a certain situation. So it's like, don't be trying to please the client so much that you're carrying all this responsibility on your shoulders now, because if something, I'm not wishing it, but if something happens, minor major, you are the fall person. It's now. happened to my buddy before. And that's where I learned from my past experience and mistakes. I don't want to make a mistake. I've learned in the previous, like from any other, so like from my builder friends or anybody, I don't want to make the same mistake that they've made. In my company. Yeah. So a lot of, that's why I tell guys, like, you can fire the client, you can say no, you can question things, you, you don't just, it's not a yes, 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 yes. Don't be the, the yes guy. No. Learn to say the no. You're going to get screwed over. 100%. By the clients, by somebody, by, and, and then sometimes the city's looking for that person. 
100%. And they'll be like, you're responsible now, right? So what else you want to chat about, man? Got a little bit more time. What would you like to talk about? It's your show, man. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just an interviewer. That's all I am. Right? So <laughs> how did you get into construction? I fell into construction. I, I kind of, uh, I never was formally trained, but I had an opinion of it. My dad was a bricklayer. Nice. So he taught me like mostly stone things. He wasn't a very finesse person. He couldn't do any finish anything. Nice. Like really, really bad on finishing, but he was very amazing on brick and mason and stone yeah. and concrete. He was really good at and things like that. He was amazing on forming, tr- teaching me tricks and things like that. But I had no interest in construction. Like I wasn't, I wasn't interested in construction. I was more interested in creative and, and then getting, and then I got into the film and TV business and, and things like that. And then that, that was good for about 15 years and then it slowed down. And then I got into construction because I just had an opinion about it. Back then, like 15 years ago, I would watch HGTV and I'm like, this is crap. Like this is not as much as I wasn't in construction. I go, this is not construction. And then then I started learning about the business there and how it's not about construction. It's about them. People who are not in construction, telling people that are in construction, that this is how construction is. And I'm like, it's not. So I was getting frustrated by that. But then all of a sudden I started thinking about, let me piss off more people. I want to create a version of construction. Amazing. And then, yeah, but they didn't want to do that. So then that became a good 10-year battle, and I finally just gave up with it, and I just said, forget it. I'm tired of fighting these guys. And then I did my own social media, right? Started creating Amazing. my own messaging and getting it out there. But I did it because the same way that you did it. All I did was go around job sites or go around suppliers and ask questions. That's how, that's Fine. A, yep. I'm you tell me that's how you build things. I want to know why. Exactly. Why did you build it that way? Why, like, I never understood um, uh, wire mesh and just a scratch coat. I never understood that from my first day of construction. And that's when I, Schluter was being introduced to the market, right? So I was like, okay. But then then I questioned Schluter. I'm like, hey, it's it's plastic. Like, I don't get this, how this works, right? But then you start researching and trying to figure out the principles behind it, principles right? It. Yep. But then you would talk to other sales reps and that's when I started making like all kinds of friends with sales reps. I'd be like, you're a sales rep? All right, cool. What's your name? Okay, what do you rep? What company you talk? Product. Yep. Okay, well, I want to ask this question, that question, whatever, right? And then you start learning more stuff, but then the products that you asked as many questions as possible and got as many answers for, those are the products that I stuck with. Amazing. The ones that you oh. ask so many questions and all of a sudden you're getting a lot of, mm, uh, yeah, you, you could them. kind of, maybe it works. Okay, well, I wouldn't want to use that. 100%. One thing I tell every starting off contractor, every person, if you go to Home Depot and ask, you have to ask a question, just get out. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. You're never going to, if let's say, hey, do you want to find something? You're never going to find the reason why I bring it up is just like, why are you going to ask somebody there when you can go get it yourself and you can find it in which aisle and which yeah. bay? It's right there. Just go on your phone, smartphone, and just search it and you'll get it. Yeah, you know exactly. That's the beauty of it. What, you can find the product yourself. I don't like to ask questions at Home Depot. I just like to go in, get my stuff, and get out. If I need to ask, I will have to. But other than that, like, they have it in the I'm not, I'm not dismissing Home Depot or anything like that, but the majority of people that work there in the aisles, they're not 
professional people that know that particular trade or what's attached to those components, right? Like you said, if you work for the product, then you know that they know yes. about the product. If yes. they don't work for the product. Oh, there's people that work for a product that don't even know that shit. 100%. No, you're right. <laughs> yep. You and and w those are great to go to barbecues where I go to and they have all the vendors there. And then you just go up and I'm just like standing there eating their food, which I'm enjoying. And then I'm just picking their brain to try and figure out, do you really do you know really what's know. going on here? Or are you just a junior guy here who's just kind of pretending what's going on here? 100%. No, you're right. And I'm like, dude, I know more than you, man. And I don't even work for your company, right? Yep, but I, were, I know more than you because I've actually used your product and I've done the homework and I paid attention to it and it made it passed all the many tests. That's why I yep. use that product, right? It's many approved. It's simple, right? Agreed. That's why, and then you go back and you keep on using that stuff, right? So I'm sure you've got your own products that you've learned from, that you use, that you kind of, when you start pricing things out, that's what you're budgeting for. So it's like, it's not even a question anymore with the clients. It's like, why is this bathroom costing this much? Why is this debt costing this much? Well, because you've got all these little details that you're contributing that are above and beyond building code. Because, I mean, building code is only so much. And exactly. I don't, like, I don't even give it, like, I, you have to build it that way for that reason, just to please the city. The city. But it doesn't stop you from building it better than that. 100%. You're right, man. No. Right? So it's <laughs> like, and there's, there, I look at new builds as huge opportunities for trying something new. And you should be looking at it that way, right? 100%. You could always try something new in any specific square foot, like in the area of the new bedroom or a new wash. Go crazy, depending on the homeowner's budget. What, what flooring company do you like using? Flooring? I saw this, the, the herringbone that you were using in that, that black kitchen there. Yeah, the herringbone. We like to, like all of our clients. What oh, was that, white oak? That was white oak. That was white oak, yeah. Five inch? Six. Six inch, yes. yeah. Okay. We suggest to our clients going with the herringbone finish, just depending if they want to go with it. Pre-finished? It's, uh, that was pre-finished, yes. That was pre-finished, yeah. So which which brand do you like working with, flooring-wise? We, we typically go with Grandeur Flooring. Okay, I don't know. Grandeur is a Canadian, 100% Canadian company. Okay. Um, we've used Tuscan Flooring. We've used, depending on what type of finish, if they want engineered or if they want uh, the vinyl, we supply it from all sorts of suppliers. Nice. Any other products, brands that you, you guys like working with? For flooring-wise? Anybody, anything, like whatever else. Um, shout out to Cosmorama. We use yeah, all their floor. Yeah. We use Cosmorama okay. a lot. We use square foot flooring as well for all their tiles, all their finishing. Sometimes we do go to, not sometimes, we go to Tile Shop as well. Tile Shop has different finishes. A lot of the Woodbridge showrooms, like... Stone Alley. Stone Alley, sorry. Just not on the <laughs> no, 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 right Stone Alley is yes. like... You go up to Woodbridge, everybody's like got... I want Stone Alley. Yeah, yeah, all the exactly, finishes right. from Stone Alley. Yeah. And then there's uh, all the other suppliers, Tile Solutions, all the other finishing from all the different suppliers. I just don't have them all. The no, no, no I know. But you, you literally just drive up there, you'll see them all, and you could just stop. And, and the good thing is, and you've probably done this, is that you start building these relationships. Exactly. All our relationships with all our suppliers. Like I did that in the beginning. You just walk in. I'm not walking in to buy anything. I'm not interested in buying anything. I'm interested in finding out who works here. I'm but interested in finding out if I can connect with this person. Can I get along with this person? You know, what kind of jokes can I try with this person? Shit like that. Like I'll be honest with you. Some of our suppliers, we even grab a bite after work yeah. and we go out for dinners. Yeah. And we that was the yeah. second thing that I learned. Like the second time, if you get along with people, then they start saying, well, we should get together and have lunch. And, I, and then in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, and you're paying. And then you're building the relationship. <laughs> yep, 100%. You're paying. Yep. Then I started realizing I could literally get fed Every, every single day. day, every single week, as I go up to all these suppliers. 
hundred percent. And then yep, they started was... seeing it at all the barbecues and all the events. And they're like, you again? I go, yeah, there's food here. Like, what's I'm wrong here, with you? I'm back to eat again. <laughs> the problem is in the beginning, like you, you appreciate the burgers and the hot dogs, whatever. But then you start realizing, oh, this is crappy food. You need the real then you start meals. seeing Spaducci and you start seeing certain, like Korean short yep. ribs. And, and you start seeing that. Now you start seeing some good food. And I'm like going, okay, we need more of this stuff. Like, this is the kind of food that we need. We're like... You got so many different cultures here. Everyone's working. Everyone's coming here. Why are you serving burgers and hot dogs, man? Nobody wants burgers and hot dogs. It's not a kid's bur- birthday oh, party. They here. want catered food and some yes, nice Portuguese chickens. Yes, from, yeah. yes, that's what I mean. So 100%. you start, and then all of a sudden, sure enough, they have another event, and you show up, and they have it. Hundred percent. They're coming back to every <laughs> event after that because it's good food and good mood. And then you and, and I still to this day I don't think I ever made a deal with any of them at those ten- events. At the events, I right? didn't care about making a deal. Like they're like, how much are you gonna buy now? I go, no. How much for food you got left there? That's it. I'm staying here for a little while. And even the last one that I went to, I was got I got invited to a handstone event. Nice. My first question on the handstone the quartz handstone quartz yeah. So yeah. my first question on the text that he sent to me he goes you coming up or doing a barbecue on Thursday or Wednesday and Thursday and then he goes just come by and my first question to what's, him, the like, what's on the menu <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me he goes yeah I'll be there don't worry about it okay amazing <laughs> the food was good I was waiting for him to say burgers and fr- and hot dogs and I was like I'm not gonna come up for burgers I'm way too old for that shit hundred you just have to have some good food for me to go there right but Ooh, it's worth it's they for get your time, it yep. they understand it right 100%. so. But I mean, it's just, I think it's just a level of respect for the trades. And huh. I, I think it's important. I, and I've been seeing a lot on social media that you're, I think that these events, they're getting better and they understand the value of literally just having tradespeople come in and engage with conversation with salespeople and even owners. 100%. Like they see that value that that's really important that these people will look at us as we're extremely valuable to them. Because we will speak highly about them. Like next time I go to an event, I'm still going to talk to a client. I'm going to talk to somebody about Handstone. I'm going to talk to them about uh, CSR. I'm going to talk yep. to them about all these other places that I've been to recently, right? And I'll just, it sticks in your head. That's all it is. So that little effort that you're doing, it, it actually goes far in my eyes. And I've always told the brands that, that you guys should do more of these things. 100% connecting and networking yeah. all the trades and as well as every entrepreneur depending if they're a contractor or if they're in the back end of the office, it makes sense because you're bringing value to your company. You're connecting your sales reps with the with the people that are selling your product. Educate them. The last one, it wasn't the last one. It was uh, two or three ones, which was the handstone one. The best thing that came out of that, the food was good. Um, but the best thing that came out of that was I bumped into um, Piero from, uh, Piero. from uh, Valentini Kitchens. Nice. And I've been speaking to him for, for eons. And, I, and I've known him when he was on HGTV and he had his show with his brother and his dad, uh, Kitchen. It was a kitchen show, right? And they only did one season because his dad passed away at the end of the first season, season, right? So it was, it was heart-wrenching. And, and sure enough, in true HGTV fashion, let's continue the show. And, and oh, the wow. sons were very respectful. They're like, listen, my dad started this business. I don't want to continue. I'm not going to continue this. That first season was me, my brother, my dad, and my other brother. We were, it's a family run business. business. And my dad passes now, we're not interested in it. And I was like, huge amount of respect for him. 100%. Huge. I'm like, do not do that for your dad, right? And they never did. So every time we bumped into it, he's like, I know, Manny, you got your opinion about HGTV and you speak highly of it. And I was like, listen, in all fairness, man, your show was authentic and I respected it. And I did watch that whole first season because I know who you, I knew you, who you You guys were were before I even met you. I knew who you guys were. So I already knew that I was going to respect you, right? So then we bump into each other and we get talking. So all of a sudden at that same event, 
we're sitting down, we're talking and I find out that, you know, they're still doing kitchens, they're still doing work and they still have problems. They're still dealing with all kinds of drama and all kinds of stuff. That's, but they still love the construction. But one of the brothers actually got into uh, car sales. Oh, nice. So he but left the he left. The no, no, no. He still does oh, it. He still so does he's it. doing exotic car sales on the side. Oh, nice. So exotic I'm like, hang on a sec. Sit down. What are you talking about? <laughs> right? Ferraris and Lambos. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So then all of a sudden I said, what, what's what's the Ferrari Roma go for these days? And he goes, what? A spider or regular? I go, spider. And he gives, then he gives me the price. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, but you can get a used one, man. You can get a used one for like, you know, two years old or something. I go, it just came out. He goes, trust me, you can get a used one. Save you quite a bit. Let me know when you're ready. I go, I'm not ready. What's wrong with you, man? It's a Ferrari Roma. What's the matter with you? I'm not ready for that. And But it was just interesting that that's what he's doing on the side because he's got such a passion. So we were also talking about like classic cars that were being nice. sold. And he can, he's a broker. Oh, wow. So he's a so broker. He and then he also educated me about how in the U.S. there's capital gain on car sales. On car sales. But in Canada, wow. it's still not. And they're trying to. So right now you oh, can wow. get a classic car or whatever, an exotic car, and then you can sell it here and there isn't a single penny on capital gain. Wow. Not yet. Not yet. But I'm sure moron man there in, in power, he's going to try to implement that one yep. because yeah. a lot of people are making a good amount of change on selling of classic cars. cars right? yep. But that's what it is. It's like, and we get talking cars and we get talking kitchens and we get talking construction. That's what I like about those events. You always bump into certain people and then you get these conversations. See the classic more. Porsches, a lot in the Oakville area as well. Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, it's... It, it starts a conver- it's a conversation conver- conversation conversation for sure and that's that's what i like about you connect with people and, and i've always said this is that tradespeople are really good at what they do and constructions are really the front of what they do but they also have these lives outside of it. and i'm always fascinated when i i meet somebody and i get talking about like where they came from how they got started and then for him to tell me that he's doing brokering of class like exotic and that's classic amazing. cars and i'm like that's really wicked yep. man. but we're still talking kitchens we're still talking He's still doing slides. the kitchens but on the side yeah. still, we're still amazing. talking business we're still talking construction we're still talking i keep bugging him about let you know get back on tv now man like i think maybe it's time he goes yeah i got a lot to say and he's supposed to be coming on the show but he's just nervous about him and his brothers they might say too many things that might not work hopefully they come on soon well i want oh, them I look to come on to i've been bugging them i gotta send them another text we have a group text going on i keep on sending them going listen you guys ready he goes Ugh. you guys are ready get they're on the nervous. show they're valentini kitchens man they're they're there's they're just nervous that something might get said because he's got no filter his brother's got no filter only one brother has a filter oh, and he's very very quiet about it right and i'm like so let that brother speak <laughs> and then if they need to yeah what are you gonna say he goes oh don't worry we'll say something and I'm next like, event you get catch my money just bring them and be like you guys are all in the studio you guys are gonna be next time be i nervous, see him honestly. we'll just start recording i'll walk up with them with the, the the mics and the cameras we'll just start recording we'll do the honestly do it like do the vlog we'll do two hours and all of a sudden be like were you recording the whole time i go no don't worry. Look, Valentini <laughs> Kitchens, before I came on the podcast, I'm being honest, I was a little nervous to be in front. Everybody, like, everybody's look, nervous. Yeah. It's you're amazing. You're Thanks, an amazing man. host. God bless your show. Thanks, Thank man. you for everything you do for everybody, man. Like, Thanks. God bless you. I've been getting a lot of compliments. I got to let it get to my head, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, you're honestly a legend in the construction industry. I wouldn't say that, Mo. Oh, you are, man. I'm like, just a shit disturber. That's all I am. You're not man. a shit disturber, I'm man. I'm a shit disturber. Mo from MS7 Construction. You call yourself the director, huh? I say the director. I don't like to say the owner. It's a good point. Triple W M S seven construction.com info at M S seven construction.com and on IG M S seven construction. You ready for the uh, 12 questions? I'm ready for the 12 questions. Let's go. Ready for the, so, yeah. I sent you them, right? You yeah, have, I have yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm so ready. It's like some guys will say, yeah, I sent it, but I didn't read them, man. 
What is your favorite construction word, Mo? My favorite construction word is solid foundation. It represents the essential starting point for any constructor. Oh, sorry, I just had no, no, that's I, good. I got ready before no, no, the podcast. That's good, man. Wrote it down in the notes and uh, it's solid foundation because the solid foundation is it represents the essential starting point for any construction project, ensuring stability and the long 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 give it. Longevity. Yeah, longevity. No, don't Sorry. worry, man. Don't worry. All good. What's your least favorite construction word? My least favorite construction word would be delay. Construction delays can cause frustration and additional. Like, it's, it's delay. It goes on. This, I, yeah. Yes. It just creates a can of worms. What turns you on in construction? What turns me on is innovation and technological advancement, like efficiency and safety, sustainability on the construction field. You get a lot of clients asking for that? A lot, yes. Recently. Yeah. But are they really green? Or they just want to pretend to be they green. They want to pretend to be green, but they they like to pretend. I know. You want to save the planet? Don't build a house. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but that's the truth. What turns you off in construction? What turns me off in construction will be poor safety practices like yeah. negligence. Yeah. It's critical. We all want to go home. What's your favorite curse word? I, you don't have to swear if you don't want to swear. To be honest, I don't like this word. Yeah, I don't think you, so don't worry about no, it. No, I, I've been given that one a pass, so a lot of people, it's fine. Uh, and I apologize if I swore. Like, no, I, no, 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 no. Yeah. Hey, my name, I'm thinking, <laughs> don't even. What, uh, what's your uh, favorite vehicle, anything in the world? Um, I would say a 488, uh, Ferrari 488. Red? Red. Can't have What's your least favorite? I know, Ferrari's, they have to be red, I'm sorry. but They, they look nice in red and white, in my opinion. But you know what's funny is that, and I, t I spoke to him about it, was um, Roma doesn't look good in red. He doesn't like the red? No, the Roma, the Ferrari oh, Roma. The Fer oh, it yes. It doesn't look good in red. It looks What color? I'm sorry, man, but like, I, okay, I'm, I'm a Miami Vice guy, right? Yes. And if it's the 80s, you could pull off a white Testarossa. You can't pull off a white Testarossa today. But you can pull off a Daytona Black, oh, that would be which was the original car in the, in the TV series. So if it's a Ferrari Roma, it's a Daytona Black Daytona. with tan leather interior. Oh, that would look beautiful. That's nope for that sure. That to me is that goes back to that Ferrari Daytona in the '80s because that's what I feel that the Roma was um, a resurgence of that Daytona car, right? 100%. Which all, another little side note is that that car in that particular TV series was actually a kit car. It wasn't a real Ferrari. And that's why Ferrari gave them the white one as a real one because they got so tired of people saying, "Oh, we love the Ferrari Daytona in the in the, in the TV show," yeah. but uh, and he Enzo kept on saying it's not even a real Ferrari. Wow! And you know how it ain't all, like that's how difficult. But okay, that's a whole side story. Sorry. No. <laughs> least favorite vehicle in the world. My least favorite vehicle. Um, I wouldn't have one. Really, you like them all? I like them all. It doesn't matter as long as it has four wheels, gets you point A to B. I used to drive. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't matter if it's a Civic, as long as it drives. It gets you. Bus, it gets you anywhere. It gets you. I would take a 2004 to 2000. That's true. Yeah, a Civic any day that's or true. an Accord. Accord's no, no, a nice true. upgrade. <laughs> from, from the Civic. What construction sound or noise do you love? What construction? Oh, I love the. I love when I hear hammers on site, just heavy hitting nails and like. Like from a crew. Hammer. Yep. From the crew. Like oh, not one hammer. I'm no, talking no, like a full thing. yes. Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? What construction sound or noise do I hate? Um, I hate when I hear water dripping. That's the worst, I think. Honest to God. It's like you don't want to hear no leaks, no problems. You know you hear it. You know you, you hear it. Or when you get I've never gotten this. I've heard in the past, oh, something leaking in my kitchen. I don't know why that's leaking, but I will come and check it out. Probably you're pulling the faucet, like you know those faucets that you pull out and you could just yeah. 
clean the whole sink. Sometimes they pull it too long, and I've never had that happen. A month or two after I finished the job, we put a Roman bath in, a freestanding tub. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. Huge volume out of this Roman bath. Huge volume, right? And we, like, I educate the clients. I run through, and I open everything. I turn on everything. I show them, right? Yeah, you do the test. Exactly. All yeah. that. That's even past the test. Once oh, the trades have done yeah. all the tests, you actually walk them you through. You do it with the client, yeah. You kick the tires. You show them exactly how everything works so there's no understand, misunderstandings of how the shit works, right? So all of a sudden, a month later, I get a phone call saying that they flooded. So she turned on the Roman bath, stepped away from it, and she over... She over... Oh, my... And the whole kitchen ceiling above had to get replaced. Also, it was all, yeah, it was a whole, because it it just all filled up with water. And I kind of explained, I'm sorry, but this fills up fast. fast, And there's a reason why it fills up fast, right? You don't want to be waiting there forever. It was, it was volume coming out of that. So it's just like, it sucks, but I I never, I didn't, she asked me to come by and I was like, I don't want to see it. It's almost like seeing a car crash or something you created, right? I don't want to see it. Because you just finished and you got out of the, it's a beautiful, it's your showroom, like your name's on it. But I mean, it happens. And that's why I think that you can't, as a homeowner, you got a brand new house. You just got to be aware of it. So when you hear like little sounds like that, you're, you're cautious of it. Like, where is it actually coming from? hundred percent. What's going on, right? That's my least favorite noise, honestly, in construction. I I know exactly the sound that you're talking about. Uh, that's a, the one that uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day to be honest I still love sports I would love to if I could if I were into construction I'd go back to that being my goal was to be in the NBA really yeah, yeah I wanted to be a basketball player yeah. I was playing like my father used to play in the Olympics for ping pong in Iraq yeah so his friend was actually the coach of uh, Antalya Spore, which is in Turkey. Yeah. And I had a trial in this stone, like in Turkey when I went back. And I was playing for a couple of cities back in Iraq where my dad had the connections. But I got injured when I came here on my ACL meniscus and I kind of gave up the profession to get into business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I stuck to construction. Yep. That's nice. What profession would you not like to do? What profession? I worked at McDonald's. I wouldn't want to go back in the kitchen. To be honest with you. Is that even meat? Um, I can't say nothing. I don't want to speak about none of their meat products. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? To be honest, I want him. I, alhamdulillah. That's it. it Translated means, to? God bless. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it. Alhamdulillah. That's when Habib won the fight, he said alhamdulillah. And that's it. That's how I'm going to end it off. That's all you need, man. Mo, pleasure, man. I know it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes, but you did great, man. No, man thank you great. for Thanks having so much for honestly being on God, the show, It's a man. pleasure. And honestly, God, it's a pleasure to meet you finally. Thanks, I know man. we've been chatting for a couple, like, back I'll and forth. I'll chat to anybody. Anybody no. reaches out to me and, and you're not using curse words to describe me, I'll speak to you. Oh, and I appreciate you, know you for <laughs> even reposting us sometimes on the story. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, no, thank no, you for very sure. much, yeah. Manny, yeah. for everything you do for the trades and for all every business owner and coming onto the podcast do not be nervous valentino kitchens come in come on to the <laughs> they'll podcast. come on and, and we we probably will get in trouble oh shoot i'm looking forward to that episode. i would i'm, I'm waiting we for will today. like we we see eye to eye with hgtv that's the problem is oh, that shoot. We, we totally see eye to eye with it so he's got his stories i've got my stories there's been a lot of stories that i haven't even shared you don't even want to share right yeah <laughs> those are gonna be yeah i know we mic. keep them off off mic but yep. yeah again everybody ms s7 construction triple w ms Constru- oh sorry man no it's okay triple w uh ms7 construction.com and info at ms7 construction.com and ig ms7 construction thank you man thank you very much for thank you guys me. for spectator i'm gonna start having like bleacher seats going on here or something like that I mean, people want to come in with spectators and stuff we'll get some photos angelina we're out of here